0: Introducing Mr. Kawada himself, my dad.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Where are you listening? How are you listening? This is Quantum of History. I am your host, Donnie Waldron. Welcome in. This is like an emergency podcast, right? This is the one I was going to put off on this, but oh, this is the time to do it. So what we're going to talk about today is what's going on with Reddit. What is going on? If you follow the news, if you follow anything that's going on, you see everything about these GameStop memes, about these Reddit, what they are doing, how the hedge fund guys are pissed, and all I can think about, and and uh, Matt Perkins from Bon Cigars texted me. And I'm like, he was like, yo, are you, you, want, you want to do this? You want to do this? I'm like, you know what? Let's do it right now while the, while the iron is hot. So this is what we're talking about today. We're talking about how chiefs plans in Casino Royale parallel what's going on right now with uh, these hedge funds, with Reddit, and what's going on uh, all in there. So basically, what we're going to do we're going to talk about what LaSHIF's plan. Now, if you remember from Casino Royale, I'm sure everyone listens to this podcast has seen Casino Royale. Leshie gets the money that he from um, Uganda warlords, right? He trades the arms and basically says that I'm, you're going to give me all this money. I'm going to invest it. We're all going to make rich, right? He invests the stock in a in a Skyfleet, which is an airline company. He shorts it that's his that's his idea is that the stock is going to go way down when the stock goes way down after he invents it after he blows up the airplane he then sells it and then becomes rich now exactly what's going on today in wall street all these investors saw GameStop. they shorted it or what it is so they borrowed the money so you're borrowing at ten dollars a share they're hoping that it depreciates and then when the time comes they sell it for they give it back for five dollars they make the five dollars from the difference And minus the return of the investment. Exactly what LeChief was trying to do with the airline industry. He was trying to buy high and then hope that everybody else was hoping for the long. He was going to buy short. And then when the stock fell down, he was going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars. When bond thwarted that, just like these Reddit users are coming in and banding together and thwarting the hedge fund ideas, which again, shorting is not, a, a, we're going to talk with Matt Perkins. We have a really long in-depth conversation about all the ins and outs of what short-term long-term shorting and longing is for stock market investing. But it's exactly what short, what she tried to do was short this thing, have it blow up. Stocks go down. He go, he makes all this money. What James Bond and Reddit users are doing is throwing a monkey wrench into the, that plan by making one stopping the plane from stopping it and also stopping GameStop from going under. So it's a really good topic. We're gonna get into it. I know a lot of people have a lot of questions about what's going on. So without further ado, we're just gonna get right into it and explain how Laschif and uh, GameStop and Skyfleet and Reddit and James Bond how they all intertwine and it makes perfect sense. And it probably will help you understand Casino Royale's plot a little better and even more appreciate how amazing, how fantastic, how perfect, how flawless of a movie Casino Royale is. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring in my buddy Matt Perkins to help explain all the stuff that's going on. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. Matt Perkins. You know him from Bond Cigars. You know him from the last episode he was on. Welcome back. Glad to have you on, buddy. And uh, wow, perfect timing for this one, right?
0: Oh, man. This could not be better timing. <laughs>
1: uh, so, yeah. So, what's been going on, Matt? So, look, just give a brief overview. What's going on? <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. So, the dust is still settling on all this, but here's a really, really high-level overview. On Reddit there is a group called Wall Street Bets, and they make a lot of outlandish uh, outlandish predictions, just really kind of crazy off the wall ideas with with regards to trading and investment. Well, some of these people found out that a lot of hedge funds were shorting the company GameStop. Now, I'm sure we're all gamers at some point in our lives, so we're all familiar with GameStop. They all were shorting GameStop, and I'll, I'll get into what shorting is a little bit later in the podcast, but they said, well, Why don't we buy up the stock and drive up the price and we'll really put the hurt on these hedge funds? And what was initially started to be just kind of a, you know, stick it to the man type attitude has really ballooned into essentially a social movement at this point.
1: Mm, absolutely. I mean, you could see it. It's now you got AOC and Ted Cruz all on the same page. You got everybody on both sides of the aisle uh, agreeing that this is a, some crazy stuff that's been going on. So, get in, just kind of get into um, what you're seeing as far as what they actually have been able to pull off, because it's really pretty remarkable what they've been able to
0: do. All right. So here, I'll actually, if you don't mind, I'll take a little bit of a step back and I'll talk about what shorting is, because that's very important mm, to understand absolutely. in regards to what's going on. So. So normally, when you invest in the stock market, you know you buy a stock and you want that stock to go up in value. You know you buy it at ten dollars, it goes up to fifteen, you sell it, you make five bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. Well, that is called taking a long position because you're expecting over time for that stock to go up. The other thing now what's happening is called a short position. It's called shorting a stock. So instead of buying a stock, and at $10 and expecting it to go to 15, you're actually borrowing the stock. You don't really own it. You're borrowing it from another brokerage and you're selling it onto the market and you're you're making a promise, a contract, to buy it back at either a later date or a later price. And within that, you're also paying interest just like you would on a mortgage, on a car loan, anything like that. You're paying interest on those shares that you borrowed. And you're promising to buy it back at either a later date or a lower price. And then when you do, you pocket the difference. So let's say I wanted to short, just for the sake of argument, um, we'll use GameStop because that's what's in the news. GameStop trade that, we'll use fictitious numbers. GameStop's trading at $10 a share. I'm going to short it, I'm gonna borrow some shares, put them out on the market and say, I will buy these back within a week because I think that GameStop is going to go down in price. So GameStop trades at ten dollars. I short it. Within a week, it ends up sell- it ends up selling for five dollars a share. So I I buy it back as per the agreement, and I pocket the five dollars as profit.
1: So yeah, it is a but, very
0: convoluted strategy.
1: Yeah, I think where I, the one thing I was missing was why it, they have to short. So you, when you when you short it, when you borrow it, when you do the short, what you're talking about, there is a, a finite time limit in, when, in which you have to sell it. So that's what I was kind of convoluted in here is why do they have to sell it? Why can't they just hang on until GameStop eventually does go under? So you're saying that there's a time limit when you do do, do these short exchanges or those borrowings.
0: So generally speaking, there's, so it actually totally depends. There's really no right way or wrong way to do it. For some ways to short it, you can say, you know what, I'm going to short it here at $10, and I think it's going to go down to $2 a share. Mm-hmm. And you're going to hold on to those shares until it hits that $2 mark. And then there's a a time length as another option. So instead of saying, I'm going to wait till it goes to $2 a share, you say, you know what, I'm going to short it, but I'm going to short it for two weeks. And then I, I believe that the price will go down enough for me to make a profit within that two weeks. This speaks now, investing and especially taking a short position, it's not blind luck. It's not just throwing money at something and hoping that, you know, you make money out of it. People, when they short something, they have a really good reason to short it. And in particular with GameStop, and look, I'm not a I'm not a financial professional, I'm not licensed or credentialed, so this is certainly not uh, not financial advice. But GameStop really hasn't positioned itself in a you know hasn't really positioned itself as a strong leader in its industry. It has invested heavily in its brick and mortar stores. As a result, because everything, especially with the pandemic, has gone digital, GameStop has had to close a lot of its locations. Mm -hmm. and people just aren't buying physical games as much as they were 15 years ago or even five years ago so looking at the long-term growth of gamestop is you know is pretty dismal and then also from a leadership standpoint only recently by adding the um the founder of chewy.com to their board only recently with that has there been any good news otherwise they've kind of been mismanaged as a company they haven't had very strong corporate leadership so these hedge funds have come together and just said you know what we think that this stock's going to go low and we think it's going to go low in a very short period of time. And mm. the other reason, the other thing to also remember when you're shorting a stock is it, you, it goes low and so you buy the shares back, but you're also paying interest on those shares that you borrowed. Mm. So you have to make sure that you're getting enough of a profit to pay off that interest.
1: Yeah. So like you usually say, you, you walk into GameStop and stuff but Funko Pops and like toys and stuff. It's basically become a toy store. And it, their of, main yeah. I think their main driving force of income was, you know, hey, you bought this game for $60, I'll give you $2 for it now. And then they would resell it for 20 I think that was their main goal was to use games. But that's when you would buy tons and tons of games that were on the market. Now there's, you know, only a handful of games because they take so time, much time to do. I think that all that stuff is just the downfall of it. And, and so it was, it was clearly going to be doomed, but these guys are like, you know what, we're going to, s-. I don't think it was about GameStop itself. It was just about screwing the people who are investing, right? So when you go and now, now let's say you, same instance, you're hoping you bought it for $10. You hoping it goes down to five, these guys come up and they inflate the price of it by investing it. Now it's up to $15. Now you have to pay the $5 on top of that. In addition to the interest that you have for borrowing it, is that, is that the way I'm understanding it now?
0: exactly so in this instance and this is you know this is where we're really looking at the the market as a whole so with these hedge funds they have the capital that they can wait this out you know you and i as as retail investors it's very dangerous for us to take a short position on a stock because it could wipe either one of us out financially within a matter of minutes Hmm. but with these with these hedge funds they can take these long positions but yeah they um what happens is they've they bought it at $10, you know, again, just using random numbers, they in bought a stock it they didn't even
1: want, right? I mean, they didn't buy this stock because they believed in GameStop. They didn't, they put their $10 in it, not even wanting anything back in it. So, in addition, it's almost like you're losing 15 of money that you didn't even want to begin with when you're just trying to make five that you have things that you didn't even want. So exactly. It's what, what, it's basically why these guys are being put into panic
0: yeah these guys are putting in a panic because bear in mind you know we're looking people like you and me who are buying shares you know we buy four or five dollars we buy four or five shares and we've pretty much hit our limit for what we can spend but these hedge funds are pumping hundreds of millions of dollars into this so their positions are huge so when that you know if they they buy it five or they buy it at 10 and it's gone up to 15 we'll multiply that by two million shares yeah and that on top of all the interest they're paying they're in trouble so it's great for a lot of these retail investors who have kind of hopped on the the gravy trains of wood, but for these hedge funds, they're in a lot of trouble because the last I heard about it this morning was somewhere in the neighborhood of seven billion dollars have been lost uh, entirely on this, and it, it's worse. So, I understand, and and you know, I'm not to get political on your show, but I'm a libertarian, so I'm I'm all for the individual. I, I like mean, the individual you you've
1: I'm heard my r- rants on this on this podcast. Before. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Good point. So, so I totally understand, you know, the whole sticking it to the wall street man and you know, it's, you know, power to the people and such as that, but something to consider, you know, we here's a way to look at it. You and I have checking accounts. We have savings accounts, most people. And I know I do for certain, I have my savings account linked up to my checking account for overdraft protection. Mm-hmm. Same thing is in the stock market with taking a short position. It's called a margin call. And there's actually a great movie about it, starring um, Kevin Spacey and I forget, the guy who plays Vision, Paul Bettany. Um, it's a really great movie. And if you want to learn about the stock market, that's a great movie to look at. So is The Big Short, starring um, Steve Carell and Christian Bale. That's an excellent movie if you want to get a better understanding about what's going on with this. But what's happened is these hedge funds have lost billions of dollars. Guess what? They've got to pay that money up now. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of them have already just given up on their position. They've... they've Called in their option, they're just going to take the loss. But, you know, asset managers and and fund managers, they have cash on hand for situations like this, but they don't have billions of dollars on hand. So, what's going to happen now that their margin calls in, they're going to have to liquidate other positions that they have that are making money. And what's going to happen is, let's say they're going to have to liquidate Amazon and Netflix and Google stock. Well, that's going to drive the price down for those stocks because the important thing to learn with all of this, the market is not meant to be reasonable. People behave based on information, but the market doesn't necessarily react that way. Hmm. So it's very much a investor behavior driven market. So because these hedge funds will start liquidating positions in other stocks, that very much has the potential to drive down the cost of those stocks. And it's gonna be a ripple effect. And that's gonna affect people who have nothing to do with GameStop or these hedge funds but ultimately shared the same investments.
1: Hmm. I heard it was uh, the owner of the Mets who was basic, basically a, we understand that it kind of goes into Robinhood. When, I guess we can talk about Robinhood 2 in a second, what they did. Oh. Yeah, right? So Melvin, I think it's called Melvin, right? That, um, Melvin Capital. Melvin Capital is a heavy investor in Robinhood, which is a, a subsidiary of Citadel Investments. And Citadel is is guy who uh, runs the Mets too. And they're talking about the Mets are going to have to – the Mets are going to get impacted this year because they're not going to have – they're going to have to dip into their their part and have to start losing players and start losing their cap and all that stuff. So it's going to – that's just another example of how it's going to affect these, these guys. But can we get into – I mean that's that's on the financial side. Let's get into the side about Robinhood, and what they did, and what that ties into, and then we'll get into how it how it affects like Le- Le uh, plan and stuff like that. All
0: right. So Robinhood is very interesting. So Robinhood is a is very interesting. Also, you know, it's interesting what they've done, but it, Robinhood itself is also interesting because they are a very accessible brokerage firm because they're almost entirely app-based. they have no, To my knowledge, they have no physical locations or anything like that. They're one of the very first brokerages to emerge online. And because I work in finance, I completely appreciate this. There is a very elitist um, belief toward the financial system and financial markets in particular. It's, it can be complicated and it can be challenging to understand. And so there's this belief that because you and I are average people, we can't invest in it, which is totally untrue, by mm-hmm. the way. That is—that's always been untrue. I have a—I consp-
1: have like a small conspiracy yeah. theory about the fact that why this isn't taught in public schools. Why am I taught all the other things? Why am I taught the Pythagorean theorem, but I'm not taught how to invest in stocks? Right? Like, yeah, I, you know why is it? It's a—it's not that hard of a concept to understand, but it's almost like it's almost like oh, you can't do this. You guys, you simpletons don't understand. The stock market is way too complex, and really, it's—it's it's just investing and hoping for returns and long. You know, you are talking about. But it's almost like, why is that not even taught in public school? Why is nobody, it, this is, going back into your elitist thing, it's, it, it, this, the stock market feels very elitist and very exclusionist.
0: It, it does. And, and, you know, I'll admit when I first started into it and I got started into the, the financial services industry back in 2016. And once I started learning about it, I'm like, oh, this is really simple. I mean, it can certainly like with shorting stock and, and things like that, it can get very complicated very quickly in derivatives and, and such as that. But ultimately, you know, what for what you need it to do, which is to make money, you invest your money, you invest it in either a company or a bond or something like that that you think is going to make money, and then you leave it alone. Mm-hmm. That is what you're supposed to do. And what's unfortunately happening now with GameStop is this is not investing. This is gambling straight up. This is putting all of your money on black. To, to make homage to the Wesley Snipes movie, uh, Passenger 57, where he says, always bet on black. Mm. Essentially, you're walking into a casino right now and you're putting all of your money on black or green or red or odd or even or whatever, and you're just hoping that it comes back. Mm. It's There's no value in this.
1: Yeah, and like I think the difference with Robinhood, too, is I don't believe that they charge for your transactions, something like E-Trade or if you go through a brokerage firm or anything like that, you're charged for every transaction you make. And yeah, Robinhood is is system. is why they why they chose to do this and why it was it was it was useful for small Reddit investors in middle class America and even you know lower middle class America is that you weren't charged for the transaction, so it even made more appeal. And it let, but it also led to the fact that you can have massive amounts of trades without getting penalized and having to pay the charges for the transaction fees.
0: Exactly. No, you you are spot on with that. And fees is such a hot button indis- uh, hot button issue in the industry right now. No matter who you are, you are focused on reducing your fees because especially now that everything is done digitally and online and a lot of it is automated, there is such pressure to keep your fees low. Mm. In fact, um, just to kind of share with you another pop culture reference, The Wolf of Wall Street. There's a lot of great movies out there, by the way, that you can get a decent financial education from. But in the beginning of Wolf of Wall Street where Leonardo DiCaprio and Matthew McConaughey are having lunch together and drinking martinis, There's a a scene where Matthew McConaughey is saying, You know, you have someone invest money in the stock. It goes up. They want to cash out and take their money home with them, but you don't let them do that because then that makes it real. Instead, you say, You know what? I have a brilliant idea. I have this other stock that I want you to invest in. And of course, they're going to do it because they're addicted and they get rich. At least they do on paper. Meanwhile, the brokers get rich taking home commissions. And Ultimately, that is really kind of who wins in a lot of these situations is the brokers making commissions. And so, uh, Robinhood, you're absolutely right, didn't have any sales charges or commissions. I know Fidelity. At least I just opened up a Fidelity account, a brokerage account, and they don't charge any any fees. So I think that in, I think that trend is going to just continue on in the industry for lower net worth individuals as and- kind of an entry.
1: And they, they kind of marketed themselves as, um, even in the title, it insinuates itself that it's for the the, the poor, the more, the, the, the uh, less fortunate to trade on, right? It's the less fortunate. So what happened when they blacked it out?
0: A lot of people got upset. They've already, to the, as of this recording, they've already had a class action lawsuit filed against them. And I know personally a few people who are filing SEC complaints against them. Mm-hmm. So it's within... Let's let's remember, so one thing to always bear in mind is it is always the prerogative of the brokerage firm to halt trading on something in extraordinary circumstances. And that can be something for as big as, you know, hey, this stock is out of control, or it can be something for as small as we think this person may be potentially laundering money, Hmm. which is actually a really big issue in the the financial services industry. But yeah, so... I mean, Wall Street
1: does close early. They'll stop trading early on times, right? I mean, that's not a new phenomenon.
0: They did it for nine eleven. They did it at the start of the coronavirus. Um, you know, they did it for obviously they did it for World War two. Yeah, the the markets closed, but that's like the whole market years. But that's yeah, that, we that, the, the
1: think what, what the difference is too here is that that's the whole market. That's a mass panic. We're trying to shut down everything. This is a yep. very targeted, very tar- not only just not only just stopping, they're not even stopping for GameStop as a whole, they're stalking this one particular group of people using this one particular app that said, all right, they, those people can't trade anymore. And I think that's where we're getting into the weeds with what they're doing.
0: And I I can totally, I definitely understand the investor frustration with that. Um, Robinhood halted trading temporarily, and then they have opened up highly restrictive trading as of Friday on GameStop. I, look, I, I don't, I'll be very candid. I don't work for Robinhood, so I can only speculate. But my educated guess would be, one, they're afraid of causing a mass panic and create, you know, and just having the bubble grow higher because so many people are purchasing through this app, for one. And two, I, I hate to break anyone's bubble with this, you know, not just the GameStop bubble, but just people's ideas of, of quick wealth. This stock is going to collapse. And yeah. it is going to collapse very hard. And a lot of people have gotten very wealthy off of it now but a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money. Like the dot-com
1: bubble and all that stuff that happened? Yep.
0: And I hate to, and I'm sure this comes as a surprise to no one, that when people lose money, they like to sue. And Mm -hmm. Robinhood is going to be bombarded with lawsuits by people who lost money on this, even though it's not Robinhood's fault. So they're trying to staunch the bleeding a little bit.
1: The way I understood is that Citadel, who was a major major investor in, in the Melvin, who went into, who was, so Melvin... Melvin uh, invested into GameStop heavily, 2 billion dollars. And then their main investment comes from Citadel. Citadel's main investor goes into Robinhood. So Robinhood is basically f- being funded by Citadel, who also has a reach in has a personal stake in this. So when this started coming down, it started to be Citadel, who's a heavy investor and Robinhood, said, you need to stop this right away. And then it also talks about the white house being involved and government being involved and telling them shut down and all the other lobbyist capitals, all these other things. So that's what, I think. that's where we're getting in the weeds in is that, you know, you're looking at the power and influence changing who gets to write the rules.
0: You know, you're, you're absolutely right on that. And it also points to a lot of the complexity and gray area in the market. So, so one thing that people believe that is just really not true is Wall Street is corrupt. Wall Street and the stock market are actually probably one of the least corrupt organizations and entities in the world. It is so heavily regulated. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you right now, like if you know, at least with with the company I work at, whenever you know, whenever you move to a different division, especially one that deals with actually analyzing the investments, you are subject to such a rigorous background check. And we're not even talking about oh, did you smoke pot when you were 15? We're talking about what is your 401k holdings, what mm-hmm. are your personal stock holdings, what other companies are you affiliated with? It's a very thorough betting process. And they do, that, they do that exactly for this purpose, is to avoid potential conflicts of interest, to avoid just anything that even has the optics of looking bad. Um, we are still very early in this catastrophe, in mm-hmm. this fiasco. So when the, dust, when the dust settles, it's going to be very interesting to see who may have inappropriately exerted influence. To potentially halt trading, and I got news for you: if this started out as just a harmless "Hey, let's let's buy GameStop and, and let's go against the grain," that's awesome. But if people were actually colluding and conspiring to drive up the price artificially, and do that in, and do that to harm with malicious intent to harm other bro- other um, brokerages and other investors, that's illegal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not even a gray area. That is point that is point blank illegal, and that is something that the government, especially after the 2008 crash aggressively pursues. Yeah.
1: I mean, look at the, I mean, there are a ton of firms that make millions and millions and billions and billions of dollars, like, you know, like KPMG and Ernst and Young and all these other things, specifically auditing these people that pay for all these things. Right. I mean, this is yeah. one of the, you have really, I mean, mainly it's people who are, don't have a life and are traveling <laughs> the country all the time, constantly yeah. in their notebooks. But, um, yeah, I mean that's it's we'll see well it's it's a very interesting study about what happens and what goes on with this. So how does it tie in just to to tie in? So now we understand exactly kind of what's gone on. Now when we look at the movie Casino Royale and we look at what Le Chief was trying to do. How is it how does it run parallel to exactly what Le Chiffre was trying to pull off when he invested in the, in the stocks with the airplane company?
0: Right, because Le Chiffre was trying to short uh, an airplane manufacturer mm-hmm. and he got burned on it. So so just to to kind of re, to Recap what the, the what the plot was with Lashif. So Lashif takes money from this African warlord, and what's interesting is he. I love the. I really love the line. Every time I watch the movie, I always kind of smile as LasHif says, "I believe in a reasonable rate of return." And so he takes this money and he says, "Your money will be available to you at any bank in the world," which is really interesting. It's possible, but it's, I'd really like to know how he layered that, <laughs> accomplished that. But he says it'll be available to you at any bank in the world, and Lashif's going to take this money and he's going to invest it. So what he's going to do is he's going to take this money and he's going to short this airline manufacturer, Skyfleet. And the guy on the other end of the phone is like, dude, you're going against the market. Well, we'll see. I mean, shorting is kind of going against the market because you bet something's going to go down in value. Mm-hmm. Well, Le Chief is doing something illegal in this instance. Shorting a stock, again, I just want to make sure I emphasize, shorting a stock is a perfectly legal investment strategy and is a very common investment strategy among institutional investors and, and brokerages. Individuals, not so much, but so Lashif is going to destroy this new airplane. He's going to have it. he's going to blow it up, this new airplane that's coming out. And that is going to force the stock to fall. And because remember, he's shorting it. So he's betting it's going to go down. He'll buy the shares up when they hit rock bottom, sell them back and he'll make a ton of money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Bond forced that effort and, you know, prevents the airplane from getting destroyed. And so Lashif freaks out. And he's like, oh my goodness, I lost all this money. And so he has to um, he has to organize this high stake poker game, which hopefully none of these fund managers of these hedge funds have to organize a high stakes poker game to, <laughs> to recover their losses. <laughs>
1: I don't know I kind of want to see it. That would actually, you know, put it on live TV. TV. May, may the best hedge fund man win.
0: That would be awesome. So so tried to short the stock, and because the airplane wasn't destroyed, he supposedly lost money. I first off, Lachif's plot is actually very plausible, and. You know not necessarily with terrorist or actions but you know there have been instances of insider trading where you attempt to artificially manipulate a stock to make money mm-hmm. either having it go up or go down what surprised me about this particular instance though with the plan i don't know why he says he lost money because to you look at it in the time and place it is an airline it is at an airport in miami in 2006 five years after september 11th there was an attempted terror attack at this airport, the stock should have gone down even though the airplane wasn't destroyed. Mm-hmm. Now I know we needed the movie to happen and we needed the card game to happen, but you know, again, markets are driven by investor behavior and investor attitudes. So within five years of the worst terror attack in the United States, to have another almost successful t- attempted terror attack, that would really depress not just that particular airline stock, but the stock market altogether. So Le Chiffre really, should have made a bunch of money off of that, even though the original um, objective wasn't completed. And uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a licensed professional, but I'm surprised that put all his money into one thing. Mm-hmm. That is that is such how a how much. Mistake. So
1: if you're looking he, he, around 100 million dollars, I think is what they were talking, right? Is that he, yeah, Something around that number. Is how much would it take? Let's say you again buy it for 10 dollars a share. You put 100 million dollars in, and you put it on a short. How much, if, even if it stays the same or if it goes up, let's say from 10 to 11, what kind of a loss are you think you're looking at just in that? Because he seems like he's like dead broke now.
0: Yeah, he would be, he would be looking at, um, I'm going to guesstimate around 50 million just in the stock price alone.
1: If, if it stayed the same or even went up
0: $1? If it stayed the same, he's going to lose money because he's paying interest. Because mm-hmm. remember, you know, you're, you don't technically, when you, when you short a stock again, you don't technically own the shares. Yeah you're borrowing them and you're agreeing to buy them back at a later date. So if the stock price didn't change an ounce or didn't change a penny, he's still going to lose money because he's paying interest on this. And, you know, just like with a car payment or a mortgage payment or anything like that, man, those interest payments pile up or add on at the end. So he would have lost money with, um, with the interest payments alone. And then even if it just went up by a dollar, depending on how large his position is, yeah, he could have easily wiped out half his investment. Mm, okay, Which, so
1: again, yeah. So even so, even you, so, when you do short stock, you really hope that they go down.
0: You're hoping they go down, and you're hoping they go down quick. And the other thing too, just one criticism I have of the is he put all of his money in shorting one stock. That's that's bad for a few reasons. One, that's a horrible investment strategy. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you're confident because of a terrorist attack that the stock's going to go down, you still don't put all your money into one stock. Well, I mean, he's he a gambler, it out. right? Well. I mean, yeah, that's, you have that's, that's his whole personality yeah, for the for the that thing, is right? True. But but you still you you spread it out, you know, you want to have some long positions to, you know, to get to basically protect you against something like that happening. And also, I got news for you. You think no one's going to notice a $100 million short? And <laughs> then within let's say even within 2 years a terrorist attack, you think no one's going to notice that? Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, the FBI would be on his front door in 2 hours.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep, so I'm- that's just that's absolutely ridiculous and yeah,
1: before 9-11 that was the that was the when they were hiring people for the, the fbi around the 90s that's what the number one thing they were hiring people in the fbi for was for accounting before it went to yeah. the terrorism thing after 9-11 but before that the fbi had gone almost exclusively hiring accountants and things like that to be fbi agents to do these things they had they had shifted from crime to white collar crime based on you know the 80s and and all that stuff that had gone on
0: yeah, there's some, there's some really bad stuff that, that went on in the 80s. And, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the other thing about the chief too, that I found so interesting is they call him, M. in particular refers to him as a mathematical genius.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, that's great if you're playing cards. I'm a ter- I'll am admit, I'm a terrible card player. I have no idea what card's going to be drawn next. And <laughs> I'm, I'm bad at bluffing and stuff like that. But to, to invest and, and manage money, you don't have to be a mathematical genius. I mean, obviously, it helps if you're good at math, but it helps if you're able to predict trends. And anticipate outcomes. Like, for instance, we'll go back to GameStop, Xbox with their new um, Xbox One S. They have a console that is entirely digital. It does not require any hard, any physical discs at all. That's huge for the industry. Yeah. And that, to me, it signals the death knell of a lot of brick and mortar stores, namely GameStop. Yeah. That they're just not going to be relevant in the
1: future. That's why I that's the tweet from Blockbuster it says, "Get them Reddit." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very is it, you know hits home They they understand what's going on yeah,
0: so it's it's very interesting i'm gonna i'm really dying to know what's um, what's gonna happen to this and and the other one other thing too with uh with all these people getting sudden wealth they're gonna get hit you know if you did make any money off of gamestop make sure to set some aside for taxes next year yeah it's because that's called a short term so you have um what's called a short term and a long-term capital gain short-term capital gain is if you sell if you buy and sell your stock within 1 year, so 365 days. And if you do, that counts as income to you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's taxed at your regular income tax level. If you do a long-term capital gain, which is, you know, you basically wait 366 days to sell your your security, then you know, you get taxed at a significantly lower bracket. It was 21% under Donald Trump and I think it's going back up to 28%. Oh, but that's a lot. A seven
1: percent. really just overnight with, with executive orders. It's up seven percent just like that.
0: I, I can't guarantee. I don't know for sure if it's gone up because of an executive order. But the last I remember reading is that he lowered it to twenty one percent. Or maybe I'm thinking business. Maybe I'm thinking the business income tax. But uh, short term, long term capital gains were lowered and now they're going back up. That's insane. But either way, you're still seven percent
1: is a huge, huge oh, yeah. difference when you're talking about billions of dollars. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. 7%. That's insane. But that's another, that's another, another I'm I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now, but Jesus. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, Matt, thank you so much. I think that uh, there are a lot of people who are just, I know I was definitely in like, what the hell is going on with this? So you, again, so eloquently put it on. And again, one last question. One last question. I got you. I know you've been on before. I can't wait. (laughs) <laughs> this is the only reason I agree to be on your show. <laughs> the only reason I ever wanted to answer this question. All right, you got one bond girl, one bond girl, but you're gonna bet that you're shorting down. You bet on the short. You think she's gonna go down in stock, even when, but even though she's high right now. Who are who? Which bond girl are you short
0: stocking? Oh my goodness! Yeah. What yeah. bond girl am yeah, I gonna I like short? That? You know what? I think that's like asking me to to basically short gold to throw back gold. <laughs>
1: gold.
0: You know what, man? I'll tell you. Bond girls are assets. They only appreciate.
1: Value. They only appreciate. Nobody's depreciating. No one's depreciating.
0: Mm. All, right. All right. All right. I, I got to stick with that one, man. Come on. You might as well ask me to throw my money at GameStop right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right,
0: man. Well, Matt, um, you. Really ahead. quick. So, so I don't think she. So she's appreciated a lot, in my opinion, is to uh, me. I was rewatching Man with the Golden Gun. Mm-hmm. And even though Chumi is only on screen for like 10 seconds naked in that swimming pool.
1: Yeah. You know, that's an underrated scene. Yeah. That is an underrated scene. Oh, and she knows what she's doing. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the swim.
0: I, I, I would have just said, hey, you know, I've had, I'll, I'll be with you in a second. And and when you're investing money, so this is, again, not advice, but when you're investing money, you always want to invest in undervalued um, stocks and bonds and mm. securities. So, because that way your money is going to go up long term. And I'll tell you, man, you want to talk about undervalued, to Me. Mm. She is, she is an know, that, undervalued. That's asset. a good question.
1: Who would you buy low and get high returns on? You know what? I'll change your question. Go ahead. Answer that <laughs> question. Are you going with Chu Me or are you going with something else? Who are you buying low? Who's an underrated? Who's a who's a Bond girl that would you'd be able to buy low on stock? People don't really appreciate, but then you get that return on investment and ooh golly golly, is that return on investment nice?
0: I'm I am definitely gonna say it's Chew Me right. because again, even though she's only on screen for ten seconds, man, she dominates it. Yeah. And you show someone a picture of that swimming pool scene and they know exactly who she is and what movie it's from. It's dude, she is i only see her stock going up good job yeah
1: (laughs) absolutely (laughs) great answer all right matt thank you so much for coming on uh can't thank you enough and we'll have to keep doing this man you're great on this i love having you on
0: oh man fanboy moment every time i'm on here it's always good talking (laughs) to you sir
1: all right man take it easy and take care bud all right bye thank you so much Matt for coming on as always always a pleasure buddy always having If you guys aren't following him he got his bond cigars on IG really good follow really good stuff really good guy and and so again just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this stuff and uh, it comes back to a greater point about what's going on in the world today and I really want to talk about Robin Hood and what they did basically what they did is they decided who gets who gets to make the rules and it's been a th- common theme going on for a while, for the last year and a half, at least, is that these big tech corporations, these big Wall Street, the, but mainly like these firms that you go, the, you, the medium that which we operate, almost all of what we do, is on tech companies now, and these tech companies have huge amounts of power, right? I mean, governments are worried about them. Governments and it, and what tech companies have the power to do is censor and decide who gets to win so when you film from robin hood they market themselves as we're here for the little guy until it's not just not profitable for the little guy and when in reality their investor is citadel which is a huge huge you know corporation they're not really for robin hood they just they'll just sell you that fact and then when it's no longer convenient they shut you down so that you can actually win and screw the headphones you guys but then, then, then that's not okay. It's not okay for you to win. It's only when they win that that's okay, and that's the problem with it. Is that they they didn't even stop trading on GameStop. You could still trade GameStop st- stock. You just couldn't do it on Robinhood, which they knew is where all the users that were basically coming in for the first time and all the screen names and all that stuff that they come up with to invest in, were basically screwing these guys over. That's what the problem is, and that's where the problem lies. And it's been going on for this whole year. I mean, how do you decide if you're okay with the fact that Twitter decides who they go who they go with? Now, love them, hate them, whatever you want to do. I, I was sick of Trump's rhetoric at the end, too, with his Twitter. But the fact that when you're okay when Twitter tells Trump he can't be on, or they de-platform Parler, which was someone like, okay, we don't want, Jack, it's your company, you can do whatever you want. You know, we're going to go to this other thing, we're going to call it Parler. Um, and that's where we're going to go. And you can have it. And then all the other tech companies completely de something that we said, okay, Jack, it is your, absolutely your private company. You can do whatever you want with it. We don't agree with it, but you look, it is what it is. Nobody seems behind us. We're in the unpopular ones right now. We'll go to Parlor. And then they go ahead and deplatform Parlor because they don't agree with your thing. Now, if you're willing to let big tech be the moral compass for everything, that's on you. I can't imagine. I, I just, the point is that you, whether you like what the rhetoric is or not, the fact is that it is your platform, your right to express whatever your feelings are, whether you like it or not. And that's the problem is where if you if you were okay with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram censoring all the other things, then you should be okay with the fact that Robinhood shut down everything else that exists. But you can't have both. If you're going to stand on a principle, you stand with that principle. And it's the reason why I don't, I don't, I think I don't agree with the death penalty. I'm not a supporter of the death penalty, even though I'm in law enforcement and there are people I think that do heinous stuff that deserve to die. I don't believe that there's ever been a pure enough system, a perfect enough system, or nor am I willing to engage in the fact that I'm going to willing to put my trust in some kind of governmental system where I say, this thing is so flawless and works so perfectly, I trust you to kill people. I don't, and I never will. And that's, that's why I don't agree with the death penalty. In addition to all the expense and all the other reasons that you can rationalize it, it comes down for me, I don't believe that there's any kind of moral um, high ground or more per- perfect system where I entrust anybody to be able to just be like, you know what, these guys are so good at their job, uh, you can kill them. And it's the same thing with the platforms of what you're willing to do with with twitter and facebook are you so willing to believe that their moral high ground is always the moral high ground or their moral compass is the moral compass when i was an undergrad this this i i never forget this it was my first year of uh college and this professor uh professor studebaker came down and he said um talked about polls it was during the iraq war so um same thing are you for or he said look at a poll and ask the look how the poll's written now if somebody puts on like cnn or fox news or whatever it is are you for or against the war okay well yes or no that's an easy question right i mean you don't have to think too much about it it's yes yeah i'm for the war well that's an easy thing to say without understanding the context of what that actually is now pose that question in the fact that are you willing are you willing for your son or daughter to die are you willing to for your son or daughter to go over to iraq and die in iraq do you think that changes the poll? If you ask that question, it's basically the same thing. But if you ask that question in the same way, it is the same response. No, of course not, right? So it's the same thing when when you have Twitter. Are you for or against Twitter shutting down c- accounts? Yeah, yeah, whatever. They can shut the accounts. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, that's okay. That's fine. It's their company and all that stuff. Well, now you're seeing it. Are you for or against Robinhood? shutting down people investing because they didn't, they didn't like who was winning. Changes, right? But it's really the same question. It's really the same question. It's just that now it's affecting you. So when it doesn't affect you, it's easy for you to not, to be like, okay, it's okay for the other person to win or it's okay for them to do this. Ah, what are they hurting? It doesn't really matter. She has a Twitter account. When you, and I, and I do this, and I think I've just been more staunch in my positions on this thing is that I don't have to like what you say. I don't have to like what your opinion is. I don't have to agree with you at all i don't have to agree with you and i I probably don't with with a lot of things that i hear but i will staunchly support your right to say it and your right to stand on your platform and say what you say and there was another article i read where life magazine came and they put a picture of like the the hundred the most poignant pictures of the last hundred years and one of them was um this this charred skull of a of a body from a soldier from world war one um and it was really graphic and they were told, "You have to take this off. You had to take this off." Everybody was like, "You can't! How can you even post that picture in on a book like this?" And Life said, and the response was that war is not nice. War is not pretty. No war is not this. And you have to see the ugly. And that's exactly what it is. You you have to see these things. You have to understand these things. And just for you to just try to shelter yourself and sit on positions of of understandings without actually understanding what's going on. It's, it's easy for you to be on one side or the other until it's actually your personal stake in it. And I think that's what's been so interesting about this Robin Hood is that everyone has come together and like, okay, well, that's starting to affect everybody now. Like, is that the kind of power you want to give people? That just with the snap of a thinker, your own money, you're not even in control over your own money anymore. And then you talk about these percentages and these changes and the executive orders and so many people are like, ah eh, does it really affect you? Okay, maybe it doesn't affect you right now, but on principle, does it affect you? Yes, it does, because one day you're going to be on that end. You're going to be the one that's getting your account censored. You're going to be the one that gets on Twitter timeout. And I'm telling you, I, went on, I told a I, I told story on another episode, is that I, when um, a group of protesters came down to Baltimore and ripped down the Colum, Christopher Columbus statue, I got, in, I got put and helped on the investigation. So I had to create this fake Twitter and start going down the, the BLM, the Antifa, all these other activists that they go on. And I can tell you that Twitter is a cesspool. Twitter is a cesspool of vile words, vile hate that is on there that's not getting censored. But some other things are. I can tell you right now, I've can see. i seen death threats, I've seen videos, I've seen calls to kill things, I've seen animated, I've seen everything. So where's your moral high ground? Is it a moral high ground or is it a convenient act right now and if you're going to tell me that it's the moral high ground when it comes for you you have to stay on that high ground but for me if you're gonna stand on principle i have to be willing in my principle that you can say this and we can open these things and we can have these discussions without that or we can have this investment or you know what it's a stock market it's not always pretty sometimes you win sometimes you lose guess what today you lost today you lost okay the hedge fund guys the citadel I'm not an I'm not anti-corporation. I'm not anti-capitalism. I'm not anti-shorting. I'm not anti anything. Go. Uh, it's very restricted, you know. No trust, no collusion, all these things because there's bubble's burst. But at the same point, and I'm free for whoever wins, wins. It's not the stock market doesn't shouldn't be some uh, some playground that only certain people win. And when it's not the people who usually win that wins, and that's when a problem comes, and that's when it becomes a story. That's that's a problem for me. But it's the same thing. You've, you've, you've promulgated a culture where it's okay to stop people. It's okay to stop the information. And one thing I've done from this podcast and from my research and from all these things and the topics I've discussed is that you really have to understand that if you let things go, the one thing that these people in power want, the one thing that they crave, and it's a thing from Papa Doc, from Mao Zedong, from Stalin to all these other things, everything that you see, Everything that we talked about and everything that James Bond fought for in the novels and in the early movies is that he was fighting these dictators and their number one thing is to own the information. Okay, you own the platforms, you own the free flow of information. And look, when it's convenient, people are like, oh, whatever, it doesn't affect me, it doesn't affect me. But when it's your turn to get hit, and it always will be, it'll you'll never always be on the perfect side of whoever it is because one day it's going to be your turn and your turn to be the uh, the one that's getting blocked and your turn that's being silenced you you got you can't you can't pick and choose and it's, and it's a topic that we see over and over and it's a theme that we see over and over and over again in this podcast in history it is over and over over again if you control the information it's the one thing that look at north korea look at china look at all these things we just talked about china and if you heard it, it's an exact example the nba is all social justice everything until it wasn't convenient for them once they started losing money once it started affecting their pocketbooks it was no longer okay you started tweeting uh, china started to put the hammer down on you because of a tweet about supporting hong kong trying to keep their freedom and instantly you, you shut down there it is now it's your turn right it was okay when it was somebody else getting affected now it's your turn to get affected and suddenly your principles fall apart and you see it over and over again so again if your principle is always that the people need a platform mind comp should be read the communist manifesto should be read you should be able to have access to these things they shouldn't be hidden away in some tower or, or burned or anything like that history business history these statues and all these things it is history it's history for a reason you have to learn it and you have to learn from it because if not, it keeps happening over and over and over again. And every time I do these research and every time I look at a new topic, I see the same things happening over and over and over again. So I, just that's my little that's my little platform. That's my little speech. That's my little uh, rant for today. But I was really excited. Thank you so much, Matt, for coming on. Thank you for everyone that's been listening. All the support. I'm really, like I said, I'm really going to stay on the Amor podcast because I can tell you right now that the YouTube's ranting me. It's just too much work. It's too much editing for me. Um, it's just, and then most of you guys, way more people still listen to the podcast than watch the uh, YouTube. So um, I'm really going to, this is probably, this is going to be a stay-up podcast episode, and I'm probably going to start weaning off. Or if I do YouTube, it's going to be something besides this because I just don't have the time with everything else I got going on in my life. The podcast is my passion. The YouTube, I was, I'm star- I've, It. It just gave me burnout burn doing this by myself. Also, um, happy birthday if you haven't even if you don't wish them a happy birthday happy birthday to David Ziritsky, um the godfather himself also uh, myself Luke Taggart um, Jake and uh lorenzo from omega bod watches we're starting the skyfall lounge podcast that is going to be just a fun time I mean, this is more of a i take this more seriously i do a lot more research and we kind of talk more political and we try to talk about things that aren't always comfortable and that one is going to be straight fun. That's going to be just straight fun. Just some dudes hanging out, talking bond, just like as if you were hanging out, drinking with us. And then we would all just sit there and talk bond. So that's going to be a much more lightheaded. It's going to be less probably once a month episode. Um, but it's a lot more fun. So check that out again, it's the skyfall lounge podcast. And, um, you know follow me on instagram follow me on all this, this stuff thank you guys so much for coming in as always it has been donnie walsh it's been quantum of history thank you guys so much i will see you soon talk to you soon we got a lot of stuff coming up on the forefront um we got great new couple great episodes coming up so thank you guys as always for the support and if you haven't checked the merch out why are you buying t-shirts got a british bond addict looked amazing in his shirt oh my goodness and then also i want to thank uh my my guy ending in seven on ig uh it'll just his his mug and his mug he has with the with the bra next to it man my man my man right there all right thank you guys so much um for coming on listening in all this time thank you so much again donnie walden quantum history as always wishing you and yours the best and as always stay positive out there guys thank you so much